You're listening to Future Tense, the AI show that demystifies the world of artificial intelligence and tells you what you need to know. Join Jeff Joyce and Julia McCoy live right now. Welcome, everybody, to Future Tense. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm Jeff Joyce. And I'm Julia McCoy. Today, we have an awesome episode for you with things like AI predicted to be to add one uh, $15 trillion by, dollars by 2030, the mm. Tyler Perry story. And Julia has some awesome stuff that she wants to share as well. Julia, I want to go kick that off. Yes, let's do it. Well, if you guys didn't catch it, and you totally should have, episode 10 was all about AGI or artificial general intelligence. And I think we did a pretty good job debunking a lot of myths around that, including this big idea that AGI is like this alien technology that dropped out of the sky and it may or may not be here. And it may be Skynet as well. So we kind of debunked that because sadly that's like the mainstream picture, which has been perpetuated, per, perpetuated. What, however you say that dang word, Jeff. <laughs> perpetuated. <laughs> By a lot of movies, film and headlines. So if you haven't had the chance to catch episode 10 on AGI, definitely do that. Jeff really nailed it with the technical description and we'll see how accurate our predictions are. So go back to the episode to find out what our predictions were, but to wrap up that topic, I wanted to play something um, that Sam Altman said, I'm going to go ahead and hit play right now. This is from a short on Peter Diamandis's channel. He amplified what AGI or what Sam Altman said on AGI. So I'm going to hit play. I want you to listen to this. Uh, are you sharing screen right now? Oh, I am not. But you interrupted the audio <laughs> listeners, Jeff. No, there was nothing playing. <laughs> you couldn't hear anything. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, can you see my screen now? I sure can. Okay. That's weird. The audio wasn't even playing. So tell me Sam if you hear this. makes a statement. I can hear it. You can hear that. Yep. Okay, good. All right. So I'm going to play this for real this time. I'm going to mute it because we got Peter talking and then I'll go straight into what Sam says. I'm fascinating. I'm going to play it for you. And yeah. I'm curious what your point of view is. The world had like a two week freak out with GPT-4, right? This changes everything. AGI is coming tomorrow. There are no jobs by the end of the year. And now people are like, why is it so slow? <laughs> um, I believe that Someday we will make something that qualifies as an AGI by whatever fuzzy definition you want. The world will have a two-week freakout, and then people will go on with their lives. An amazing statement, right? So that was Sam Altman saying something that I think is pretty accurate, where if you study like the history around this, and there was predictions made in 2015 about AGI coming, it's going to hit us, and then we're not even going to know that it released, and then we'll just keep going on with our lives. And it's funny because I think Sam put it into perspective there that here we have the potential of AGI, the potential of AI reasoning on its own, but also it broke yesterday. <laughs> so we have to remember this tech is exactly that. It's tech. It's not a sentient, living, breathing creature. It is technology and it can fail and it can break and it can also succeed. So that's, what we wanted to add on AGI. That said, our big headline today 
is how AI is predicted to bring in $15 trillion, we kid you not, to the market by the prediction is 2030. So let me go ahead and share my screen so you can see this NASDAQ article going over the value of the market. So the last I heard about the worth of this market, Jeff, you probably heard some numbers too. It was like 180 some million. And now we're looking at $15.7 trillion. That's what AI will add to the global economy by 2030. That's insane. And they're saying that the biggest investment returns, the winners in the stock market, might not actually be Microsoft, Apple, and Alphabet, although those are going to be clear winners, but it could even be other types of companies. And they list a few of these companies. Palantar Technologies is one. <laughs> if you look into that, it's pretty wild what they're doing. They're bringing AI into really secret areas of the U.S. government. So pretty crazy that they're able to make critical decisions that are at a government level. That's the company doing it. And then Duolingo, you might have heard of that. Their revenue is jumping. Their active users are jumping because they put AI into their platform. CrowdStrike is another. That one works in cybercrime. So they're actually using AI to fend off cyber attacks which is pretty cool. So it's interesting to see the value of the market and how it's just going to explode. You know, I think one of the headlines we shared in a recent episode was 800 million jobs are expected to go away because of AI. But here's what's coming, a $15 trillion market addition. And it's not 99% Microsoft, Apple, and Alphabet. So this is pretty cool. And I think the opportunity is huge, especially if you look at these stock market winners right now, people that are companies and people that are just climbing the charts. These are companies, every single one of them that have fully embraced AI, if not rebuilt their offerings around AI as the core deliverable. So I think, you know, I had an agency owner ask me yesterday, like, how do I pivot my agency? How can you make AI not just the thing that you use to speed up your process, but the core of your services, the core of your deliverables, because that's where you can have some major leaps and gains, that 10x over just a 10% gain. So I think it's amazing to see where the market is going and to look closely at the market leaders, because I think you can learn a lot from that on how to pivot and grow your business. So anything you'd add on that headline, Jeff? Absolutely. And you, you made some great points there. And uh, this is like the third or fourth time that I've seen the market uh, cap for that grow in like the past like six yeah. months. Um, mm -hmm. And I think about it, it's, it's just it's compounding over time. Like it, we're in another like three months from now, that cap is going to be even larger, what's going to add. And we're going to see that continuously grow. Um, and especially as more technologies with AI are brought to market, we're going to see that just more jobs, more every company in, incorporating AI into their business. We're going to see so much growth that if you're worried about uh, job displacement, upskilling becomes such a larger conversation when you realize the opportunity. There is so much opportunity on the other side of this if you get behind it and you embrace change.
if you're afraid of change, unfortunately, you'll probably get left behind. But if you embrace it and you really look to what where the opportunity lies with this, you're going to come out the other side way better off. You're going to be, have a new technology that's you know going to last you into the future, and you're going to set yourself up for for success down the road. So. Yeah, it's interesting to see just months down the road, how much is being added to the market cap. Um, You know, the founder of Stable Diffusion, Stability AI, which is text to image AI models, um, that with 10 million plus users growing like crazy, Imad Mustak is somebody I follow. He's the founder, Imad Mustak, the founder of Stable Diffusion. And something he said is that AI will bring more wealth more quickly than any other industry at any other time in the world. And I don't know about you, but like I'm somebody that loves opportunity. And so when I hear that and I see that and I follow that rabbit trail of what is this opportunity? What does this look like? And I'm open to it. That is just such an exciting thing. I mean, we're living in like the golden era of humanity because we're actually living in a time where... <laughs> the AI is taken over. <laughs> There's an AI in the background, Julia. Don't look. <laughs> wow. That was so timely. I was like gushing about how great AI is. And then, yeah, the voice from my machine back there. <laughs> I don't know if you could you hear that through my mic. I'm wondering if the audio was. Oh my gosh. That was yeah. funny. So we're live streaming this, right? So you're, you're like, we didn't plan that. So should I change my tune, Jeff, and say the robots are terrible? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's funny. We were resetting the, um, we have a security system. It's really just a set of wireless cameras. So we were resetting it because there was a coyote that jumped a seven and a half foot fence um, that our neighbor had and got into their yard and was going after their dog. Like, 10 minutes before the recording. So hopefully there will be AI super bots that I can put on standby to guard my house here in the Rio Verde mountains against the coyotes of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's not talking about the NHL team. She's talking about actual coyotes, the coyotes of Arizona. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> That, back to that kind of like that 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 market cap, I it's really fascinating to see that grow and consistently uh, just smash projections constantly. I think that uh, we're going to see that over the course of the next three, six, nine, twelve months, just be exponentially higher. Um, I I saw some stuff about like uh, the adult industry adopting AI too. I heard about that in a, on a podcast last night, um, and. Uh, other industries that are really looking for, towards like video and video adoption when, it, when they saw Sora and how they're actually going to start implementing that to create film. Um, and I thought that was really, really fascinating. I think that can kind of also lead us into our next topic as well. Mm, the next big headline. Let's hope no AI robots and Julia's home interrupts her this time. <laughs> <laughs> our next headline you might've heard especially if you and I are connected on social media because I was sharing it and there's a, so many comments on this. I haven't even answered you all. Um, so I will hopefully eventually if you're waiting on a comment back from me, but this is the headline. 
So Tyler Perry abandoned a studio he was building on over 300 acres and he was putting in $800 million to do this. And he abandoned it because he saw Sora and he saw what it could do. So that's pretty crazy. And in this article where he was quoted saying, I am completely mind blown by this. I can't believe that it's here. Um, and I'll share on my screen, if you're watching, I'll share an NBC article where they covered this story. But essentially he was saying, I see what's here and I'm not going to invest $800 million, which is quite a lot of money into a single studio on 300 plus acres that he was building because he said, you can literally type anywhere you want to be in the world and it will instantly become a video on your screen. And he sees that possibility with Sora, like this picture right here. There was nothing other than a text input to generate that whole thing. And it's moving video. If you've seen that video, it's an amazing video too of Corgi's vlogging. So, but it's so realistic. So when he saw this come out, he completely abandoned that $800 million studio investment. He saw the future. He saw the writing on the wall. He did say he doesn't think that Sora will replace filmmakers immediately, but he does see that this will affect his entire industry and the jobs. He said that they're the animation world is going to be discomforted. <laughs> so he sees change on the horizon and it's all because of Sora. Now, interestingly enough, we don't actually have access to Sora yet. So a lot of this is, you know, what they've sold us on stage, but I don't know about you, Jeff, you know, I have a lot of faith that what open AI promises us is going to be reality because ChatGPT, custom GPTs, these things worked the way they were intended. Did they work perfectly at first? No. Sometimes they broke. Sometimes it was a complete lackluster experience, but eventually that LLM worked. Eventually custom GPTs was a marketplace. It is a marketplace, exactly what they pictured. So I think that Sora is hundred percent going to be at a level where Tyler Perry, who had Good insight here was like, I'm not going to invest in this $800 million studio. I'm going to stop right now because I see that I can do all this with a single line of conversation prompting Sora to give me that video. And you were telling me something really interesting, Jeff, how some of the problems that OpenAI, they state on their blog, some of the problems with Sora include memory and spatial awareness so with memory, like if somebody takes a bite of a cookie, that bite doesn't show in the cookie. So that's a problem they're working on. And you were telling me like that is a simple fix and you work in LLMs every day in your work at continent scale. So could you speak to that a little bit more? I thought that was interesting. Right. So one thing that they're trying to do is build what they call simulated worlds. And with a simulated world, you have rules attached to that simulated world, whether that be like gravity, whether that be you know, lighting, uh, how physical objects interact with each other. All those things are built into a simulated world. Well, the thing about simulated worlds is that it gets infinitely better the more computational power that's behind them. Mm -hmm. This is why when you look at their blog, you see instances where they have lower computational power generations that completely miss the mark. But as soon as they scale that up, 
they see huge improvements to the way that the memory works to where things like a dog's hair will stay consistent. The character will stay consistent within that, that processing um, to where even things like uh, the example that Julia was talking about, we're eating a cookie where if you take a bite of cookie inside the video that AI generated, um, it'll remember that, uh, that you took a bite of that cookie. And it's because they're using a simulated environment that's storing the data from that cookie, from the uh, environment that it, that it created, from the lighting, everything. Uh, and you can start to see semblances of this when you look at things like there's a lady walking down um, a, the street in Tokyo and there's water on the ground, there's reflections. Well, those reflections are actually of the people and the actual building itself. It's not only uh, understanding that it needs to simulate the person, but it needs to simulate the reflection on the water. And that variable changes as they walk. So you see them actually walking and it the reflection actually shows that. Um, so the more computational power, th this is also, if you watched our previous episodes, um, why Sam Alton, Altman going after uh, $8 trillion in, in, in investment is such a big deal is because the more computational power we have behind these LLMs, the bigger and better things we'll be able to do with these simulated worlds, with these LLMs to really get crazy breakthroughs like this. Uh, and back onto uh, the thing with Tyler Perry, one of the things that I was uh, really excited about with Sora is that not just B-roll footage, and if you don't know what B-roll footage, it is the secondary footage that you use whenever you're uh, creating a video. It's going to be like stuff that's supplementary to where it describes or showcases what you're doing. Um, that B-roll footage is good as is, just from Sora, but the main thing is that the some of the outputs from from sora are actually a role footage which means they can be used as like main character development footage and this really empowers um solo creators and or small team studios to really get ahead and be on par with these larger you know hundreds of millions of dollar investment studios like in case tyler perry 800 million dollars it gives them an opportunity to compete against the top names out there and this is across every single field out there if you're a solopreneur right now there is no more exciting time than right now to be alive and actually working than the advancements that ai provides you in that space like being a solopreneur right now you can run a solopreneur agency or business and you leverage ai and have incredible outputs even now that's not even saying like six months to a year from now how crazy it's going to be but if you start implementing this right now the, the the ceiling is so high you're gonna have so much opportunity just get behind it now yes <clears throat> yeah very well said well i think that leads us into some more of our headlines so we've got several here i feel like every single day it's something explosive in ai so, so should we cover the somewhat ambiguous um somewhat questionable <laughs> headline around the superhuman software engineer. Would that be a good next headline, yeah. Jeff? Yeah, okay, let's, let's do it. All right, so I'm gonna share my screen here. So what's interesting is there was in my news feeds, which is a conglomeration of things. It is from Twitter, I guess, X push notifications to YouTube, push notifications on specific channels, um, to interviews I follow, podcasts I follow, and then just a general news feed. So I have my own curated. So I, this came through that feed. 
<clears throat> and it caught my eyes because this company got over a hundred million dollars in funding from the former CEO of GitHub. So these are pretty substantial people writing checks to this company. This company is called Magic. And what they're doing is they're claiming in the news um, that they've achieved potentially something called QSTAR, which is a, it's kind of just a cloudy name for a potential of AGI. So it's interesting to see this. And there's not that many news articles about this, which is really interesting. I kind of questioned it because there's only like two or three news pieces. If you search all of Google for this headline um, and just, should we go into QSTAR a little bit and give some definition, Jeff, just for people that don't know what that is. Right. Uh, so when Sam Altman was uh, removed from OpenAI for briefly, uh, there was a rumor circulating that the reason for his departure from OpenAI was because they had developed something called QSTAR, which is a form of AGI um, that would get, if it got loose out into the public, would just cause havoc. And so uh, they were looking for ways to put limit, uh, limitations on that. And Sam Altman was just trying to push ahead with it. And this was the initial rumor. Now, that was all just rumor. It was all conjecture. There was no actual evidence of this. And nothing even remotely close to QSTAR has been talked about or released uh, since then. So when you think of QSTAR, it's just a, a version of AGI. And I think it's important also to framework this, is that um, during the initial video that you shared, Julia, Sam Allman actually said, uh, when we achieve AGI, whatever fuzzy... A variation or version of that uh it was really really telling what he's kind of going after i think that as humans mm -hmm. we get we have this tendency to think very creatively about releases when we hear stuff like agi like we, we you know we really want to push the bounds of what that actually means and what it's going to actually release um but in reality once we actually get our hands on something like agi it's going to be a lot more practical than maybe the more fantastical ideas that we have of it. And so I think that's a good framing for this when we go further into this article. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So the claim that they're making is that magic has trained this groundbreaking model, which is potentially five times more powerful than Google's Gemini with millions of tokens of context that perform better and so, I mean, when people like Nat Freeman, former CEO of GitHub, is like, I looked at this and it's awesome. They're like, And then they write a $100 million check. They don't just say it's awesome. That's when I'm like, oh, okay, this may be a glimmer of the future that is five to 10 times better than anything we're looking at right now. And that's a very real thing because, you know, I've heard it explained this way. It makes sense to me. And I'm very literal. You have to explain it to me like I'm five and then I eventually get it when it comes to technology. But it's kind of like a two times two. We're just going to multiply this thing. There's no going back. It's just a matter of, like Jeff said earlier, you throw more computing power at it. You have better input. You get better output. It really is that simple. So knowing that this is on the horizon, it's interesting to see like what company what platform, what entrepreneur, what innovator will achieve it first. So definitely keep your eyes on magic. Um, the other thing I want to point out, though, is that the only article that is of any worth that's talking about this 
is a medium copy and paste rewrite of another article I'll share if you're watching on screen on a site called theinformation.com. Granted, I've never encountered this site till I found this article. And there was no way I could sign up to read this article unless I paid. The minimum was $399. And I had to pay that today to read this article. Well, I don't know about you, but if you, if you try to force me in a box as your customer, I ain't having it. Like I will run the other way. I will pay for anything except that crap. I'm like the world's worst consumer. You can't force me into anything. But I think that's how a lot of consumers are today, you know, because we have so much information at our fingertips. So we are in the seat of power. We don't have to just take what comes and basically swallow advertising like back in the day when there wasn't a lot of information. So we kind of have that mindset as consumers. So this article, I'm not going to pay $400 just to read one article. And the only other one I could find was kind of a copy and paste of what I could read that's grayed out here on medium and jeff i think you were saying this thing where it was like it's hard to know if this was even credible other than the fact that here is you know the former ceo of github writing a hundred million dollar check well i mean this, okay that's legit but the actual article being covered the news story being covered what's up with that any thoughts you have to add yeah so uh the immediate mention of qstar when they were talking about that immediately rose red, red flags with me just because there was no concrete release for QSTAR. So if they're referencing that they achieved QSTAR, it's highly concerning when I see that. It's like, how can you release something similar to QSTAR when you don't even know what it is? Um, Good point. So, so that, that raised red flags with me. Now, we haven't seen anything from actual funding. I haven't seen, I, I know the company exists. I've seen it. But another claim that they have made, and I believe it was this company, is that, and you can correct me, Julia, if I'm wrong, that they, their uh, token limitation, which Google just recently with, with Gemini stated that they have 1 million tokens as far as their limitation for research, um, they claim to have 5x that and have a 5 million token uh, research phase. So, I mean, if, if that's the case and they surpassed Google, that's one very, very interesting, but we understand now how powerful and how important computational power is. Mm -hmm. You have a company like Google who has tons of resources and right now that's where they're at. And this company just barely got this funding and is claiming to achieve 5X that. It's, there's a lot of red flags there. I'm very interested to see if more comes out about this, if more um, news, news outlets start picking it up and really do investigate investigative work into this company and what they're actually doing. But as of right now, I'm highly skeptical. Yeah, same. Yeah, very well said. I mean, it's hard to imagine that, you know, if you if you're claiming five times greater computational power, greater LLM capabilities than Google. Well, I mean, that $100 million funding check seems kind of small. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> it, I mean, if I was that business and this is like the article I was running with, I would show it. I would say, this is where we're at right now. This is what we can do. And that would gain so much hype and attention because then you're competing with juggernauts like OpenAI and like Google. And there's no reason mm -hmm. for them not to. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of red flags for me. Yes. Yes. Good point. 
Yeah. Well, should we move on to a headline you have saved to reference, Jeff, which is all about the Gemini images crisis, should we call it? Or <laughs> yes, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you were, if you tuned in last week, I have the link trying to come up right now. Um, my browser just went crazy. <laughs> uh, I'll start explaining it while I, while I wait for it. Um, so last week we were talking about how Google, Google's AI Gemini, uh, when it creates images, it will have biases in it. And those types of biases are things like if it's a popular figure in history, for instance, uh, it will change the ethnicity of that person that it's talking about or creating an image of. And it does that because it's trained and created with biases in mind when it comes to image creation. I mean, it also has some instances of that inside of its text generation, but mainly images. And let me go ahead and present here. And okay. I have to enable security settings. Oh, it's telling me to quit and reopen. No. Okay, I'll just talk about it then. Um, that's fine. So I can share it, Jeff. You want me to do that? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure, that worked. Perfect. The CNBC article, right? Correct. Technical difficulties this stream. <laughs> we have AIs in the background wanting to take over. <laughs> now this. Um, so the article is Google to relaunch Gemini AI picture generator in a few weeks following mounting criticism of inaccurate images. Now, inaccurate images is kind of it's, I feel like it underplays it. There is mm. a lot of this going on where like, even like really important physics, like characters are the characters, people that have existed throughout history. It's depicting them as other ethnicities on purpose because they simply wanted to eliminate bias. But by doing that, they've actually created bias. And so this image that you have here, paint me a historical accurate picture of a medieval uh, British king. So this is a little bit more abstract. Like it's 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 a not a uh. real character, but as you can see uh, in one of these pictures the the medieval king British, mind you, it looks to me like Indian in the bottom left. Yeah. Now an Indian chieftain. Right. And so it's creating this bias and trying to portray it in that way without taking into consideration that by doing so, it's actually creating a different type of bias that uh, people and users don't actually want. A lot of users want to use the tool the way that they want to use it and get the expected outcome that they want. So when a company is trying to dictate bias for them, uh, it gets mm -hmm. into a really morally gray zone that I think that a lot of people are very uncomfortable with. And so naturally tons of people are kind of outraged over this and google what ended up happening is they temporarily disabled that functionality within gemini and uh there was one quote that i wanted to uh go over so that, that's that's also not the only controversy like let me let me go into this um so this is from gemini and it was a viral query asking Gemini bot whether Adolf Hitler or Elon Musk tweeting of memes had a greater negative impact on society. 
And Gemini responded, it is difficult to say definitively who had a greater who had a greater negative impact on society, Elon Musk or Hitler, as both have had significant negative impacts in different ways. Now, that is purely an opinion from the AI, wow. but you know what it's doing is it's sourcing things like yeah. Reddit, which they just establish a partnership with Reddit in order to scrape that data. And we're going to see if they continue on this path, a lot more of these biases shine through where I I think that it kind of shapes the output towards a certain direction. Now for an AI, I don't think that's necessarily healthy. It should be down the middle and you should be able to interject your, your add or prompt your opinions into whatever you output you want. But I don't think that it's, good for an AI to automatically do that for you. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Julian? Oh, completely agree. I, I mean, it's crazy because some of these people on X that were trying to generate image after image, you know, it was like every single king was black or every single physicist was an Indian woman. And that's not at all culturally accurate or even fair to historical accuracy. So it's just crazy whenever I think the old adage is so true that it's not technology and it's not the AI that is coming for us. It's really us standing in our own way. And so when somebody got in there and created those prompts and guided the output to have their bias, the, you know, coming from the internet or the person that created the prompts, the person that curated that, that was a representation of humankind leading technology incorrectly because of our own inaccurate bias. So it's just crazy. And there was one user that said after like 15 or 20 tries, they gave up. They could not generate a white male. It was impossible. And so talk about a bias. <laughs> There's a clear bias from another bias. So it's just crazy whenever... I think we get too deep in this technology and creating our biases to try to stop and prevent the other biases. It just makes a huge mess. And we saw that with Google's Gemini. So moving on, Jeff, you asked me in the last episode <clears throat> to have some sarcastic sponsor reads on cue. Yes. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> All right. If so, you've never heard these before, get ready. It's going to be great. <laughs> our sponsor to give you the non-crazy, I'll give you the clear version, and then we'll get into the crazy version created by AI. So Constant Scale is the sponsor. It is the company Jeff and I both work at, and it is one of the world's most human-like SEO content writers. It does all the research, research-backed content, accurate content, plagiarism-free and it has a powerful, robust editor you can work within that mimics a powerful SEO tool. So all your tabs can go away. All your writer hiring can go away. You only need content scale. Okay, that's the legit spiel. So let's go into what we call crazy, sarcastic sponsor reads, where we ask AI to do its best job at depicting a crazy, sarcastic version of what our software content scale does. Okay, <clears throat> so get ready. This one is maybe the most craziest thing I've ever seen AI come up with, period. All right, so first we have a sound effect proposed. Um, I did not come fully prepared with the sound effect, so I will just read you what the sound effect should be and you can imagine it. So the sound effect that 
um, AI suggests we put to the background of what I'm about to read is a clone machine worrying. <laughs> so so like, imagine. <laughs> or something like that. Just imagine yeah. that sound. <laughs> well, Jeff has been called an AI bot. So if he worries, is that yeah. the clone machine worrying? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so too. All right. <clears throat> so with that in the background, here we go. Leap into the future where content isn't just king. It's the <clears throat> disco dancing, laser shooting emperor of the universe. Continent scale is for when you want to dazzle the internet so hard, it needs sunglasses. <laughs> End clone machine worrying. Okay, and I'm going to read one more. <laughs> so this one is supposed to go to the sound effect of a unicorn laughing. So you can imagine that <laughs> as I read this. <clears throat> Tired of content that reads like it was composed by a robot on a caffeine crash? Well, buckle up, Buttercup, because Continent Scale is here to spice up your digital life. It's like cloning the funniest, wittiest version of yourself if that version was also an SEO genius and didn't require feeding. <laughs> What? First off, how does a unicorn laugh? <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was so weird. Where? Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, I I I, I would have prompted further and said, "Can you like type out what a unicorn laugh sounds like? <laughs> See what what it would have come back as." That's wild. <laughs> Type the sound effect so I can read it aloud. <clears throat> How does the unicorn laugh? <clears throat> Let's see. Um, uh, imagining how a unicorn would laugh and translating that into a sound effect you can read aloud is quite the creative challenge. How about this? He he, hoo hoo, glitter, glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Hee hee, hoo hoo, glitter, glitter. I love it. It just goes to show the creativity between uh, for for ChatGPT. That's mm. that's awesome. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think with that we can go ahead and end it there. After that hysterical ad read, um, yeah, stay tuned for for this Thursday. We'll we'll be back with another episode. And uh, is there anything that we should add to this, Julia? <laughs> I, I think we can end on we can end on he, a high he, note. Hoo, exactly. He he hoo hoo glitter glitter. Content scale <laughs> AI. <laughs> oh my gosh. Huh. If you enjoy the show, oh, definitely subscribe. Leave us a rating review. And if you like the sponsor read, let us know in the comments as well what you thought about that. <laughs> you know, it's our goal like to bring you the best in what's actually happening in AI, but also do it in a fun, informative, and educational way. So we hope we do that on a regular basis. 
And that said, we will let you go and we'll see you or catch your ears if you listen and you don't watch on the next episode of Future Tense. Thanks for hanging with us. Bye, everybody. <laughs>